You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. Tonight I'm talking to Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. And I have to say that this, I'm just looking at the Reserve Bank statement that's come out, or rather a report on the Reserve Bank statement, Viv. It says here, South Africa Central Bank raised its main interest rate on Thursday to a 14-year high. That's the first thing that uh, caught my eye. Uh, Lisette Kanyago, the governor, says it's bitter medicine. Bank lifted rates by 50 basis points to eight and a quarter percent, and we've got a 6.8 percent inflation rate so i mean you know you're getting a, a small return on your money it was a unanimous decision they've now raised rates 10 meetings in a row these are quite stark numbers we're talking about here yeah and i think unfortunately it may not have been enough if you look at the round it weakened dramatically upon that news and right now is in the mid 1960s from being in the mid like you know 1930s before it came out uh, so we're talking about you know what's that about a three percent move uh that, that, that is oh, it's a one and a half percent, one and a half percent move. Uh, that is quite, quite bad. And, and here's a problem, right? As a country like South Africa that imports so much stuff, a 20 rand to the dollar exchange rate is a meaningful difference between a 17 or an 18 rand to the dollar exchange rate. That's another basically 10 to 15 percent higher prices for imported goods, which is going to feed through inflation, feed through fuel, feed through machinery, feed through you know, cars, everything that we consume that's imported. And I think that's an that's that's the thing. If had he raised like 0.75, I think perhaps what would have happened was, uh, you know, the the run might have strengthened, and that would have made future interest rate hikes easier, not only because he had raised early, but because he had strengthened the round, which was important. I disagree with you fundamentally there, because I've always been of the opinion that when you raise interest rates to defend the currency, or that's one of the theories that you defend the currency, and therefore you don't import inflation anymore, it actually goes in the opposite direction in South Africa. I think if they'd have raised by 75 basis points, the rand would be 1985 now. It's a very interesting thing because it slows the economy down, Viv. That's just my view, but I'm putting it out there and you can, of course, shoot me down. Yeah. But the counter example would be Turkey. Turkey does not want to raise interest rates and look at their inflation rate. Look at that lira. Um, you know, what has it done? 600, 700% weakening in the last five, six years? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and the thing is that the problem is that, you know, yes, there is an economic value, whatever. But unfortunately, if, you know, fair or not, Emerging markets need the credibility more than they need basically anything else. Uh, the reason that basically people are are fearful of emerging markets is they, they we lack credibility. They, we, we, there's a belief that we will all turn out to be like a Brazil or a Argentina or a Turkey down the line, and you know basically outspend and you know let the currency go. Uh, having a strong stable currency is a huge advantage because it lets forward planning occur. Uh, and yes, it does indicate that we'll have you know short-term pain. But uh, once you establish a strong, you know, uh, monetary policy here, uh, it, it allows long-term investment to happen, growth to happen in the long term, because it allows long-term planning to happen. When the currency is weakening like this year, how can you plan anything? No, you can't. You see, this is very—it's very disturbing. And people say, "Well, what will happen is that the rand will come to its come down to its mean, and they'll talk about 200-day moving averages and all that sort of thing." But the recent action I've seen on the rand hasn't been seen recently, in, to my mind, for quite a while. We've had these events, you know, Nenegate and all sorts of other things, and the the COVID shock. But this is something very, very different to me. And I asked you the question with yourself and uh, David Shapiro on Tuesday, and I said, "Do you ever get a feeling of?" nervousness you can't quite put your finger on why you're nervous and that i've still got that feeling when it comes to the rand it's 1968 
against the US dollar. This is extraordinary. All-time record lows. And there's something behind it. This is the South African economy and the mood, Viv. Yeah. It has to be mooded. I mean, let's not ignore the fact that before the announcement or that statement by the US ambassador, we were more than run stronger, more than run stronger than we are right now. Yeah. Okay, yes, we've moved a little bit around there. Yeah, but around of this is probably that 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 statement and the, the uncertainty around that alone. Uh, and I think that is that has to be taken into account as well. Uh, as this, as a small emerging market, we're just so vulnerable to sentiment. It's it's, it's ridiculous, and quite frankly, the fact that the currency moved in the way it did makes me believe. I mean, immediately when it was announced, it was that. And I saw some reports this week talking about seven point seven five and how important it might be. Because, you know, just to get things under control to show that, you know, we are still a serious thing. You're going to get a great return to be in South Africa and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And I think the 0.5 kind of disappointed the market to a certain extent. They shouldn't have been. We've done, what is it, 10 consecutive increases, I believe? 10 in a row. Yeah, 2021 was the uh, when they start. And it's gone up to, what is yeah. it now, eight and a quarter percent. So, yeah, from 4%, yeah. whatever it was. But anyway, 10 in a row. And, and it doesn't look as though it's going to stop either. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, things in South Africa are bad. Um, I mean, we had an inflation number coming out this week we had to talk about. Uh, the only thing that was positive there was the fact that, uh, you know, fuel prices were down. Uh, electricity increases, not, yeah, electricity increases were not as high as I've been, uh, you know, like, like worried about and therefore became slightly below expectations. But you look at, for instance, I talked about this, uh, the food inflation number, you know, 20.8% for bread and cereals, 14 plus percent for, you know, milk, cheese and eggs. Uh, those are things that are really painful uh, for the population. And I think that's, uh, you know, you add into the fact, I mean, think of it this way, right? That's obviously the poor. I looked at my bond recently. I think I'm up almost 30% in bond payments because of the interest rate hikes that happened. 30%. Yes. So you haven't got a fixed bond. You've, you've got a floating rate Yeah, bond. no, in South Africa, most, most, of them, most of them are floating in South Africa. Hmm. You know, so that's you know, like the pattern, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is a, yeah, I mean, your car payment, your bond payment, uh, you know, obviously, like, luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. It's not a major issue in my life. But for those out there that it is, it's, it's, it's quite painful. The credit card is probably the most highly geared instrument that you have to interest rates because they charge you. I won't even say what I'm going to say, but they do charge you quite heavily for have a credit card. So people that have, you know, for example, in order to, and there are stories about this, that people that, that need to spend with their credit card in order to maintain their normal lifestyle. So this is quite a big thing, another half a percent, Viv. Oh, yeah, most certainly it is. And the thing is that, I mean, we need some stability here because right now, I mean, you, you, people are holding on, but I don't know who is starting new things in this environment. You don't know what the power supply looks like. You don't know what the transport situation looks like. You don't know what the sanction situation looks like. You don't know what the currency situation looks like. Uh, to start up a new a new large venture in South Africa is uh, a, tough, a tough ask at the moment. Yeah, and it's also a tough ask for people to have a look at South Africa. There'll be people travelling to Johannesburg and Cape Town from all sorts of different developed world countries and saying, right, let's have a look at this place. Maybe we could set up a factory here. Maybe we could invest in a retail establishment. I don't know, whatever it is. I'll just say, I'm not so sure. I'm in a hotel now and they've got a generator burning all night. Uh, there's no power. I did, it sort of stalls. I mean, people will still be enthusiastic about South Africa, but only once it stabilises. And that's a domestic and a foreign direct investment issue as well. And again, I don't want to get too, too negative, but you can't help it, can you? I'm looking at results today. I've got Life Healthcare 
down 6.2%. Southern Sun down nearly 2% after their results. Lewis's, well, they've managed a 1.8% gain. Renet down 0.2%. Sogo Gaming down 2.1%. All that sort of thing. And I just think to myself, well, it's a steady drip to the downside, Viv. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, uh, we discussed it before. Nothing SA Inc. attracts me at the moment. Nothing. Uh, nothing that links up to the certain economy is, 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 is do I find interesting at the moment. And the problem is right now, you know, I've talked about this before, and I'm kind of like lasting the same horn all the time. That's okay. Is that not only are we, you know, anyway, we look so unattractive. The outside is so attractive at the moment. I mean, we just saw the Nvidia results come out last night. Incredible. You know, it, it had like 200, 200 billion in terms of market cap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, huge, huge. And, we are seeing that it's already stopped 26% at the moment. You know, uh, the market of the company is basically 950 billion, almost a trillion, you know, and that is, that is on great, great, great news. You know what I mean? Uh, and, you know, to give an idea how big that is, uh, I believe that the, um, the entire, that the movement today of NVIDIA, just over the last day, right? Yes. Is bigger by almost a factor of two than the total market cap of Intel. Yeah, it's an extraordinary story. Over the last day, it's suddenly in the top the, six the, tech companies in the world from nowhere. Yeah, the, 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 the one-day move in Intel, so Nvidia, is double the share price of double, double the market capitalization of Intel. Yeah, that is an extraordinary story. <laughs> That's an incredible story. Uh, well, this is what so, you've yeah, been playing to. You've been you've been going on at me and and, and Shapiro <laughs> for weeks and weeks and weeks now about this. And I asked you which is the AI stock that you would choose, and you mentioned that many weeks ago. Yeah. And hopefully, you've you and your clients have uh, taken advantage of this. But it is an astonishing story. And quite honestly, Viv, I don't know enough about it. Certainly, only one tenth of what you know. But it doesn't look like stopping. Look, I mean, the thing with this is that it, 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 it I've traced it back and I've looked at it. It, it does seem that, you know, where I trace it, like, you know, sometimes we find things by luck that we don't understand, quite frankly. Yes. And it seems to have been, we, we found something with Transformers that we don't quite understand, quite frankly. And they are doing things that are surprising people all the time. And it's a weird thing. You, you, you see, in, like, you know, imagine building a machine and then being surprised by what it does. <laughs> How weird. Imagine, imagine you build a car that you'd be surprised it makes ice cream. You know what I mean? It's a strange example, but I know what you mean. But yes, exactly. So, so they built this machine, and now it's doing things that they did not believe it could do, did not understand it could do. And yet, they built a machine, and now they're testing see what, what can this machine do, almost like it's an animal. Okay, what does the, the different parts of the animal do? You know what I mean? Because they don't know. You created it. You should know exactly what it does, but they don't, because it's almost a technology we don't understand. And the that means, firstly, you don't know what it can do. Also, it means that we don't know what the capacity of it is because they just add on more information to it and it does new things. It does it better than they believe it does. It should. I mean, the more information you add to it, the more compute, the more data, the better this thing gets. And not just better, but better than you thought it would be. Hmm. And so, yeah, it is a, it is one of those things where maybe, like, you know, like, we, like they say, monkeys can't understand calculus. No matter how much you try, the monkey will never understand calculus. Maybe there's some things about AI that humans just don't have the brain power to understand. <laughs> but it is magical and it is working. And it seems to be something that's going to be the, the, the remaining one well, couple of decades, at least, uh, the interesting thing uh, in the world in economic terms, or maybe even more than economic terms. There's going to be a Steven Spielberg film in the next couple of years where the bloke that made that uh, introduced AI or or took AI to the next level will wake up and AI, what in whatever form, has taken over his life and then it takes over the world. I mean, it's not that ridiculous a notion because you just said we've invented something and we didn't realise what it could do. 
And it can do it. It's artificial intelligence and it grows and its intelligence grows as well and usurps a human being's intelligence, which isn't uh, difficult with some of the people I know. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. It, it doesn't, uh, it, the thing is that people are almost like, you know, uh, like here's the thing, they're no true Scotsman kind of thing, you know, uh, no true Scotsman. And then it, they say, no, but no, that's not a true Scotsman. You know, it, it, they're going to reduce and reduce what the actual thing is. This is no artificial intelligence uh, can do this particular thing. And then when it does, it says, no, that's not the real thing yet. This is what artificial intelligence can't do. And it's, basically what artificial intelligence is defined as right now is the things that the current model can't do. And when it does it, they'll basically often redefine it. Like I, I remember Steven Spinker, uh, Pinker wrote a book about language, right? And what he said, basically, when a human, a, a machine can basically go and do a language, you know, human language, yeah. then it's basically, by definition, an artificial, it's, 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 a, it's an AI equivalent thing, something that an AI can just do, right? Nowadays, you're going to look at, oh, no, it's not quite an AI yet. Even though it's doing exactly the thing that he defined 10 plus years ago as what would be the defining characteristics of AI. And the same thing is like, oh, it can't play Go. Oh, it can't do this. It can't do that. I mean, it does this. Yeah, but it's not right what we think. There's still things. Even like Noam Chomsky wrote a, an article in the New York Times, right? And these are things that AI can't do. You know, this is just a parroting program. And guys went out there and they said, oh, you can't do that? Yeah, yeah, it does this. You can't do that? You know, it does that. And they list and went through the things that he said that they can't do and show that he can do those things. And he still doesn't want to define it as an artificial intelligence. He just says, no, this is just a... Um, a program, you know, that uh, that just parrots back, or some people say it's 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 highly sophisticated plagiarism, which is obviously untrue. Was it you I was talking to, Viv, and somebody spuriously put in a, a request in some language? I think it may have been Taiwanese or something like that. Uh, that's it. It was you that told me that, and they didn't realise this AI program. I don't know the correct terminology. Had learnt Bengali. That was you, wasn't it? Yes. What an extraordinary yeah, story yeah. that is. The, the, the crazier one is, you know, this thing, uh, like they, they asked ChatGPT4, right, mm. to draw a unicorn. Understand, this thing never had any visual input. Everything it's gotten is being, is being text. So everything is, is words. Somehow it managed to draw a unicorn mm. and all the input it's ever had has been words. How do you uh, think of it? It has no reference to what a circle so is, what a it's color is. turned what words is. into visuals, in, into art. That is, that, into art. That, that scares me. <laughs> I think that, like I said, the, the thing is that when you build a machine, if you build an airplane, you don't go and try and figure out what can an airplane do after you build it. Okay, you might test its tolerances and all, but you're not going to test like the different functions the airplane has. This is something where you build a machine that does something, and you're now even saying, okay, can it do that? Wow, it can. How about that? Wow, it can. It, 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 this, we, that shows the lack of fundamental understanding we have of the processes. And also means that, you know, we, we can't understand what the, the next step is. So, like, if we add another engine to a car, we know how much faster the car will go because it added this much horsepower. You add maybe another, say, trillion parameters to this uh, model, we don't know what the result's going to be because you don't know how this model actually works. That is a scary thing. Yeah, it's very but, scary. Yeah. yeah, even more scary is what I'm going to read you now because the dollar rand is 1970 and that is 1.9% fall. We got the British pound against the rand 24.30. We got the euro rand at 21.13. These are big, big moves against the local currency. You got the euro dollar at 107.30, which is a slight fall uh, for the euro, slight gain for the US dollar. That doesn't explain anything about the rand. Well, we don't need to explain anything about the rand. The gold price, yeah, it's fallen on its head in the last three, four trading days. It's now 1945, down another $18 a day. Platinum is down $38 an ounce to 1028. Uh, palladium, though, yeah, 
1405 it's up a few dollars here and there i'm going to give you now the bond yields south african 10 year 11 11 11.11 for the 10-year bond in south africa the, the u.s 10-year not doing any better either at six basis points higher to 3.78 percent let's have a look at uh, other commodities now yeah, not doing so good. Crude oil in the States, West Texas, uh, $72.47, down 2.5%. Brent crude oil, $76.60, which is down 2.25%. Natural gas prices down 3.1%. And so we go on. Steel prices down 2 and 3 quarters. Yeah, commodities coming under enormous pressure at the moment. S&P 500 futures, on the other hand, are going in the opposite direction, up 0.6%. Bitcoin is has, hasn't had a good time, but it's up half a percent today to 26,365. We had two bad days on the JSC, Viv. I mean, one and 1.4, 1.5% down for a couple of days in a row. Up a little bit today because of the RAN factor, I think. But it's not convincing to me. Is it convincing to you, the recovery, slight recovery? Unfortunately, unfortunately and, and, and we haven't even talked about like what's probably the biggest global situation at the moment is the damn debt ceiling. Yes. Um, which is like, you know, maybe in the next week or two, that's a problem. I think it's the, the consensus is somewhere on, the, on the, the start of June that it's going to be a real problem if we don't have uh, it resolved by then. Yeah, the, the world right now, like we mentioned, looks very, very uncertain. And it's, uh, you know, it's quite scary. And, and, and we're not even talking about other, like, you know, black swan events. I mean, the apparently the Ukrainian uh, counteroffense is about to start. And we don't know what the Russians are going to do and, you know, what that means. Uh, the uh, Germans have a recession right now at the moment. Yes. Uh, just, uh, you know, last bit of data cut out. Uh, we had, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, UK inflation, also not very great. Um, 8.7%, yeah. Uh, yeah. They said yeah. it would be 5% by mid-year. That's not going to happen. So, yeah. It's, oh, no, no, no. No, definitely. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the French are trying to burn down their capital. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, look, it's, 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 a, it's a very uncertain world at the moment. Uh, the debt ceiling thing, that really worries me because that's just an act of stupidity. I mean, it is, it is a woeful act of stupidity. They basically decided that this is a, a thing that they can fight over each time the credibility of the U.S., uh, you know, uh, government uh, is the thing that the politicians can fight over every time to try and get concessions about spending and whatnot. Um, and the problem is that every single time they do this and they don't actually have cause a problem, they become you know more and more aggressive the next time because oh it's never happened to been a problem so far and we did that last time let's do it again and last time you know I I, I covered it out and I played or I, I was chicken and I could have held on my ground a bit more, gotten a bit more stuff, and that seems to be the trend. And I don't know if this is the time or it's very soon. But I think that, you know, we are going to come to a point where one day they take it too far. And then we do have a, a major global situation because the U.S. is defaulting. I interviewed a chap from New York earlier today, and that you can get that interview on strictlybusinesspodcast.com. The chap's called Daniel Morgan. He's from 91, based in New York. We spoke about that for around about 15 minutes, the U.S. debt ceiling problem. And I just got the feeling that it's not quite the same as the ones that we've had before because of inflation being high, because of interest rates being high. And it may not be a short-term problem, but longer term, it is going to be a really big problem. So investors must watch out for that. Have a listen to the interview. It's up on the website now. I'm going to give you... A some shares to the upside and the downside, Viv. I've got Richemont up nearly 4%, Tiger Brands up 2.5%, uh, 91 up 2.4%, Anglo-American PLC up 2.2%. On the downside, yeah, ouch. Life Healthcare, 7% weaker, Telcom down 5.5%, Equitas down 3.3%, Barlow World down 3.3% as well, and also down 3.3%, Net 
care hasn't been yeah, it's, yeah. it's not great i mean okay so the major indices which i'll give you any second now looking okay but there's that feeling isn't there it's only what is it now may the 25th do you get the feeling that it's going yeah. to be it's going to be a long hard winter for stock investors on the jse especially when you look at the fact that the biggest move was up you know rich bar tiger brads basically are, are, are recovering from falls yes. recent falls i mean over five days Tiger Brads, sorry, sorry, Rich Bot is still down almost 4%, you know what I mean? Uh, and Tiger Brads has had a massive fall over the last few months, and, you know, they're coming back up again. And uh, Audit will bounce up. Uh, you know, the dividends basically uh, from the, uh, when Sokasan came out and said that they are uh, going to hold, hold a little bit, there's a bit of rebound. Uh, life, I think, is paying the divi out. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it is a, how can I say it? It, it? it is a very troublesome kind of situation at the moment in the, in the economy. And you see, like, not just is that a troublesome situation, there's lack of, like, understanding from government. Lastly, we had from Prescom um, now is that they're complaining that people are basically getting off the grid, or not off the grid, but taking measures to, like, you know, combat load shedding, because apparently what happens is your inverter, once power comes back on, just sucks up power, like, at a dramatic level, yes. because it's, it's basically trying to recharge itself, which actually causes a huge spike up in demand, you know? So effectively, you end up almost using, you know, more energy than you thought you would, even though you cut a piece of, you know, uh, time out. Just with the inverter is now sucking that extra or sucking extra energy out when the power is back on for a little bit of time, and uh, apparently that alone might be causing that one level of load shedding going into the winter. So those are the kind of things like you know obviously people are going to adjust. They're not going to just sit back and be without power for eight hours a day or ten hours a day. You know what I mean? Inverters are going to be a thing. You've got to take that into account. And yet ESCOM has been caught on the back foot on this. I'm going to ask you this without our friend David Shapiro being here, and I don't want you to go into a long explanation of it, but do you think that this is having very detrimental effects on South Africans' mental health? South Africans are used to it, and everyone says, you know, uh, Africa's not for sissies and that sort of thing, and we're used to it. I get a feeling again that it's affecting people more this time than it has in previous times, Viv. Most certainly, and the biggest thing is the young. The young are leaving. I know so many people. One of my uh, my cousin's kids is just leaving to Canada next year. Uh, you know, bright kid, whatever. He and his wife both, uh, you know, auditors. Uh, you know, successful. That had a, a nice little figure. Creates in Africa. Both are leaving to, to Canada. Um, I, I have so many family members that their children uh, were at university are planning once they get out and get a little experience to leave the country. And we are basically losing the future uh, at the moment. And that is the the scariest part. Okay, on that very sad note, I'm going to give you the, uh, the JSC indices. The resources stocks uh, rallied by 0.8%. That's a RAND factor. Industrials up one and a third percent. Again, the RAND factor. Financials, though, they fell by 0.4%. That's an interest rate factor, I suppose. Top 40, 70,971, up 0.9% on the day. And the all share itself, 76,175, up three quarters of a percent. And at the moment, the S&P 500 live the futures are up 0.8 percent so that's one piece of good news viv thank you very much for your excellent analysis as always we'll speak to you again on tuesday with david shapiro and that was the five o'clock shadow the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of lindsay williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency organization employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author and since we are critically thinking human beings these views are always subject to change revision and rethinking at any time please do not hold us to them in perpetuity